Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you to the Equip podcast by Arise Ministries. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder, and Kim Heineke is with me. She's director of operations. And if you've listened to us before, you know that we love to talk about topics pertinent to single moms because, well, Kim and I have both been one. So today's topic is a subject for every mom out there who wants their kids to grow up whole and healthy. Every one of us mothers has this one thing in common. We constantly are seeking wisdom from folks who have learned a thing or two about parenting. As moms, we're always students. Well, today we're going to focus on our kids' emotional love tanks and how to keep them nurtured and full. And we're going to glean from Gary Chapman and Ross Campbell's book, The Five Love Languages of Children, The Secret to Loving Children Effectively. Maybe you've heard of that book. So if you haven't, we're going to give you a little overview today. It's going to be awesome. So with that being said, let's jump right in. So Kim, when uh, do you think you were first introduced to the concept of children having love languages? I don't remember the specific time. I think my older boys were probably like in their late elementary school years. So, you know, maybe 10, 15 Mm -hmm. years ago, something like that. But I do remember first learning about love languages of adults. Sure. And then, I don't know if someone said, hey, there's a love language book about kids or if I read something about it. But so I kind of learned about them all together. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know what? I understand there's also a love language book out by them for teenagers and for men, a love language for men, a love language for women, a love language for military. So they have really taken this idea and expanded it. So that's for another day, another time. So today we're just going to talk about the five love languages, what languages, what they are, and how to nurture them into our, in our children's lives, and we'll visit about that. So, Kim, before we review the five languages, I want to ask you and our listeners which of the five scenarios I'm about to mention would create a situation where you feel most loved. So let me read the five, and you say, ooh, that's me. So here okay. we go. Is everybody ready? Okay. Uh, answer. I feel most loved twin. number one, I receive letters, thank you notes, and cards. Number two, I feel most loved when someone gives me a thoughtful gift. Or number three, I feel most loved when others help me. It means a lot. Or number four, I feel most loved when I get a big hug. (laughs) You and I both are thinking of somebody <laughs> no, that does that so and well. we're both thinking, like, don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Kim's going, that's not Sorry. me. Okay, and then the last and number five, I feel most loved when someone spends one-on-one time with me. So there they are. Did you identify yourself in those five different scenarios? Um, sometimes you go, oh, I'm a mixture of all of the above, or, or you just have to stop and wonder a minute which one you are. But, Kim, let me ask you first, okay. which one are you? Well, it's funny because even before we were doing this podcast, we were kind of chatting about this, and you said, "You said I think maybe yours is acts of service." I was like, "Oh, I don't know." But then, as I sit here and I think, I'm like, "Yes, it probably is because if you just help me with the dishes, sure. <laughs> I mean, I am your biggest fan. If you just come fold laundry with me, mm-hmm. yes, then I'm, you know, I'm on your team. Yes. So yeah, mine probably is acts of service, right? And, I, and um. You're probably going to have a lot of people like wanting to do things for you now. Come, please. Please, come on. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's what about really you, good. Pam? Well, you know what? Um, 
It's probably a combination. I would probably have to say most people that know me would say it's words of affirmation. Uh, so, you know, just um, just off the cuff, just words that, that I wasn't expecting certainly mean a lot to me. And um, I'm certainly not expecting to get letters or cards in the mail this week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that, you know. You'll or, get a letter well, faster than I'll get people okay. lining up to fold That's laundry. Right. People are going to send me a card <laughs> before they're going to line up to do your laundry. But that may be it. Of course, the goal in all this, moms, is that we cultivate all of them, that we mm-hmm. kind of try to cultivate all, all of them. But let me clarify. First of all, the first one I read about receiving letters and thank you notes, if that is yours, you have the gift of affirmation. Um your love language is affirmation. If you give someone a thoughtful gift, your love language, or you like to receive a thoughtful gift, your love language is gifts, Somebody, people giving you gifts. If, you're, if you feel most loved when others help you, it means a lot, then your love language is acts of service. If your love language, you like people to give you a big hug, then your love language is touch. Or if yours was someone spends one-on-one time with me, then your love language is time. So there you have the five languages, affirmation, gifts, acts of service, touch, or time. And actually, I was thinking about this, Kim. All of them are important because all of us have emotional tanks that need to be fueled. That's the way God made us. We're emotional beings. Mm-hmm. We, we imitate our Father who's an emotional being. He created us to be emotional and he gave, gave us all different ways to fill each other's emotional tanks. And I'm sometimes reminded of uh, just, you know, if you have kids, if you've had a child come up to you, and as I had just last week, a grandson, that that he just he just bumped his knee and he just, oh, he just, he just wanted me to, he just came running to me. All he wanted for me was to kiss it. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just, I'm, everybody, every mom does that. Just yeah. kiss my hurt. And then they went off and they were fine. They just wanted to be noticed. They wanted for a minute to know you notice, like, I have an emotion here that's off balance. Would you fix it? Mm-hmm. And so, even as adults, we have emotions and we're like, would you fix it? Would you just help come alongside? And that's why I love to know people's love language because it gives me the opportunity to just pour into them for a moment yeah. and to, to bless them and to just give them that little touch is what we all need so kim why do you think uh knowing the love language is important in raising our kids yeah i think it's really important because just what we've talked about before like everyone is wired a little bit differently and if we know what the the primary love languages are of our children then we can say to them i love you in a way that they can understand I know with boys, and I have all boys, so I don't know a whole lot about girls, but if I text my sons, I love you, you know, or some some mushy little love message, they're boys, they don't communicate in the same way. That doesn't go as far with them as it would if I say to them, I love you, in a way that they can understand it. One of my sons is physical touch. And so he always wants me to rub his back or tickle his arm or, you know, something like that. I could tell him I loved him, but if I will touch him, then he, 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 that says to him, oh, my mom loves me. You know, another son is, is acts of service. And so if I do things for him, whatever that might be, do his laundry or, you know, make his bed or, you know, something like that, it says to him, my mom loves me. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important to be able to communicate, um, you know, with 
with a currency, if you will, that mm-hmm. someone can receive. Sure. If you say that you love me, if you know what I'm saying, it's it's just a way to communicate with somebody so that they get it. It is, and they do get it, and you know when they get it because there's just you just know in your spirit that God created us in our spirits to know when we have connected with someone right. or we have filled their love tank or their emotional tank in some way and it reminds me that we are fearfully and wonderfully made you know psalms 139 david talks about the unique role that god plays in bring us bringing us into existence living on this earth is emotional messy people and you know the scripture says uh for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That psalm goes on to say, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret places, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Mm-hmm. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before I, I before one of them even came to me. So in that womb, God even put, I just think it's so beautiful. He put into each one of us just that that limited edition of what would what would fill us and what would fill our emotional tanks and how important it is for us to really know what that is. So, Kim, uh, so before we talk about how to fuel our kids' love language tanks, let's break down each one and talk okay. about each one. So the first one we talked about was words of affirmation. I can talk about that a little bit. It's that it, the actions don't always speak louder than words. Um, but if this is your love language, unsolicited comments – uh, mean the world to you um, mm-hmm. because somehow these um, validate you in some way. They they spur you on. They 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 since they meet your value for purpose and and they are meaningful to you. It can come through cards and letters. It can be off the cuff. It could be a phone call. It could be a text, and it's really special. Which you know we're going to talk about how to do that in a moment. But so let me just wait that. And let's go to the next one. So. Um, so any other definition on words of affirmation that you could give to that other th- before we do the examples about what what they are? Uh, no, I don't think I have okay. anything to add to that one. Okay. Well, how about acts of service? What are acts of service? What does that look like? Yeah, acts of service can be um, anything that you do to ease the burden of responsibility weighing on somebody else. For okay. example, should I give some examples? Yes. So some examples might be... Um, you sit down to help your kid with homework or you make them a favorite snack or like I have older boys an act of service might be um, driving up to college and taking them some dinner you know or something okay. like that just anything that you do to serve someone else whenever one of my sons comes into the kitchen and helps with the dishes usually they're not volunteering they're being voluntold mm-hmm. yeah but, <laughs> yeah but but still i i receive that as an act of service any mowing the lawn mm-hmm. you know one of my little boys he mows the lawn and he does it joyfully and that's such an act of service that's a way that he says that he loves that he loves me sure so just in, when you do something for someone else that's an act of service it is and it it does mean the world to to the people where that's their love language Another one is receiving gifts, and I can speak to this one because I sort of have this and I sort of don't because I don't want more gifts. I don't need more stuff, but this doesn't. Don't mistake this love language. Don't mistake this love language for materialism, right. the love for materialism, or or the receiver of the gifts thrives on on, on the love that's behind it or the thoughtfulness right. or the effort behind the gift. And a very meaningful 
I, I guess in a way this is mine a little bit, even though I don't want more stuff. No, but I can see this it's in just you, though. A little bit. I you may not remember when you gave me that mug, Hope for mm-hmm. the Soul, mm-hmm. before I did the Bible study anchored. I treasure that. Oh. It came unsolicited. It was meant a lot because it came from you, you know. And so I I I just love that little mug. And um, so maybe you're that way. Somebody gives you something special, and you just kind of hold on to it. So. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about some other examples okay. of receiving gifts. I can't help but think of um, one of my daughters loves to do the same thing, just give a little gift on the front porch or or find a little tea towel or some mm-hmm. little something. We call them bonding boomers. And if you want to learn more about there, we have a, I think we have a video on bonding boomers on our education center about what that looks like. Um, just little, little ways that don't have to be expensive but little knickknacks or things that or it could even be a little a poemy ride or or it could be just a, a small gift in your child's lunch box there's so many different things that that might be special yeah in the gift area it's re- it can be really really small like i like i like the fact that you said it's not about getting more stuff it's about the sentiment behind it yes you know if i have to travel and this sounds so stupid and then i might save the little thing of peanuts or mm-hmm. the crackers. That, I mean, something sure. so small on an airplane and then give it to one of my boys. And they're like, oh, you brought me some peanuts. Yes. And they're so excited. And you're like, that didn't cost me anything. I know, they're free. Yeah. yeah. But or when you go to the grocery store, you know, sometimes I'll just pick up a little pack of $1 gum for sure. them. It's just something that when you give them, give it to them, you say, I was just thinking about you. Yes. And that's really that's really what all of these love languages communicate. I was thinking about you. Sure. But, you know, one of my sons in particular will receive a gift and he will just he will just you can visibly see him be full built full, right? Just full of love like, "Oh, that person was thinking about me." Yes. You know. Yes. These are often the kids that mm-hmm. birthdays are a huge deal. Right. <laughs> I mean, you can forget my birthday. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we have one, help me clean up. Yeah, no. so <laughs> Do the dishes. But, yes, but these are the kids who, who are just like so – they're just – birthdays are just huge. Yes, they, they have talk about birthday two weeks before mm-hmm. and two weeks after. Mm-hmm. I get that. But there's lots of ways to do receiving gifts with your children, and it's just such a sweet way to show I love you. One of the ways I love to do when my kids were younger was a, a fun sticker chart of the kids' accomplishments, and then they would – you know, get a little sticker for this or that. And um, I just remember that was meaningful as well. So let's move on to quality time. Okay. Um, Kim, what, how would you define quality time? This is just some undivided attention that you get or give to someone. And really with the boys, it could be a, something as simple as them saying, Mom, will you sit down and watch this movie with us? Well, my gut is to say, no, I don't want to. I've got mm-hmm. like a hundred things to do. Or they'll say, Mom, will you get in the pool with us? You know, it's one thing for me to take them to the pool, but they don't always, that's not always good enough. They want me to like get in it. Get in. Like, do mm-hmm. they know how long it takes to dry hair? <laughs> do they want <laughs> Do they want dinner? No. So it's little things like that. It is one on one quality time. Mm-hmm. I took one of my sons to lunch the other day. He just turned 12 and he wanted to go to this little he wanted to go to breakfast for lunch and so that's what we did and he must have told me four or five times mom this is so great I just love this so much mm-hmm. and I'm thinking I eat with you 15 to 16 times mm-hmm. a week mm-hmm. you know but for him sitting across the table one-on-one 
eye contact, his my undivided attention was the best for him. Yes. And sometimes you can incorporate that into your time with your children, single moms, by just asking them about their day. Yes. Engage in their day. Not yes, no questions, but tell me what that looked like. What did that feel like when that happened in the playground? And, That's good. And just to integrate yourself into their emotional cause, into their emotional, you know, makeup, you know, certainly makes them feel like you were there and that you cared. And then, then you can just create traditions with them that mm-hmm. create quality time or watch your child's favorite TV show or just any number of things that you that you talked about. Just that one-on-one time is so valuable. And sometimes it's not I mean on the quality time thing, you may think I don't have time to carve out. Yes. Sometimes it's just being in the same room. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but for for one of my kids in particular, I can say, "Hey, go grab a bucket of your Legos." And sit right here, you know, sit right here by, on the desk at the end of the desk with me while I do a little work and I'll watch you do Legos. And he's like, oh, of course, this is fantastic. Sure. You know, it's just it's just being in proximity with someone. I love that. I love that. I hadn't thought about that twist on it, but it's not necessarily that you're 100 percent focused, but that you want them near. You yeah, allow let them, them sit to on know. the counter while you make if I mean, if you're that kind of family. Yes. Like mm-hmm. we are. Don't put yeah. your feet up there. Sure. But you can sit up there. <laughs> let them sit on the counter and let them just talk to you mm-hmm. while you make dinner. I realize that as a single mother, you may not have, it sounds, I mean, it's the truth. You may not have 45 minutes to sit knee to knee with someone and stare them in the eye, mm-hmm. you know. But this is often the kid that wants you to read to them at night. They want you to sit a little bit longer at bedtime when you're thinking you have got to go to bed. This may be the quality time kid that says, I just want five minutes of uninterrupted time. Sure. You know, I'm I'm just thinking about when you're trying to decide what your child's love language is, think about the little things that trip their trigger. And Mm -hmm. that'll kind of help you figure out, oh, maybe it's this. Sure. Because if you ask a kid, how do you feel loved? They're going to be like, what? Yeah. You know, what? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And then the last one is physical touch. And this doesn't necessarily mean purposeful, but it could just be, uh, hugs or pats or touch on the back or some little touch on the arm and Kim I know you have one child that's that is physical touch and I love the story you tell tell us the story about the child that their love language is physical touch I think well, it's so cute well uh, yeah I have a couple I'm gonna get him a back scratcher for Christmas <laughs> he'll just hand it to me I know this to me. do it yeah I've, I've got my youngest one he's definitely physical touch like He's the sweetest. He's he's just a really mild-mannered kid who's who's super funny. But he'll come up to you, come up to me actually, and make these little paws with his hands and like he'll just oh. die someday when he <laughs> listens to this. He'll just like paw at me like a cat and then like even rub his head on my shoulder. Like he just wants you to reach out and he's touch a little it. kitten. He's a, <laughs> I'm like grow up, stop. Yeah. But yes, he just wants to be he wants me to pet him. You know, he just wants me to touch him all the time. Sure. If he's, if he's reading out loud, he'll scoot super close to me and say, um, rub my back while I read. Yeah. You know, or if mm-hmm. he's doing homework or something like that, he just wants to be touched all the time. If there's a seven-foot sofa and I'm sitting on part of it, a third of his body is always on me. Mm-hmm. He just wants you to touch him all the time. Yes. Any day of the week, I can put my hand back in the car mm-hmm. just, you know, just for a quick high five and he'll just grab it. And then yeah. you're like for five miles, your arm is your arms stuck stretched. in the back. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a great 
example, because that was one of the examples I was going to say for physical touch. It doesn't have to be hugs and love. and It can just be high fives or yes. tickle fights, or it can just be holding hands during a family prayer. Make sure if you say if you say a family prayer together, which I hope you do, that you put the child that's the physically touched next to you mm-hmm. and do that, or um, stroke their head at night before they go to bed, or Ask your child if they'd like to be held or cuddled, hug or kiss. There's so many ways to do the physical touch. Just touching them on yeah. as they get out of the car, going to school. And I'll say so this. just be mindful. You know, I, and I have older sons, and one of them leans more toward the physical touch side. You know, it's, it's when you have a 20-year-old son, well, it, it was more whenever he was a teenager. You don't just come up and just, like, hug the 15-year-old the same way. That you did when they were 10. Sure. Sometimes it looked a little bit different. You know, when boys are kind of a little going through their rowdy phase, which is like from 18 months mm-hmm. on <laughs> or something, sometimes it was it was not roughhousing, but it was a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was just a little bit more rough. Sort it was of. a little uh, bit more yeah. rough. Mm-hmm. You know, he might come in and like act like he was going to, I don't know. I can remember him every now and then coming in and like, putting his arm around my neck not not aggressively but just like a just like a pretend headlock you know and be like mom mm-hmm. you know yeah. do you know what i'm saying just, just want to touch just yeah. playing with mm-hmm. me yeah but it sometimes it looks a little bit different in boys sure you know and, and that can happen so that kind of wraps up our five love languages and examples we didn't mention many examples of word for affirmation words of affirmation so i just want to cover that real quickly yeah. that you might put post-it notes in their lunchbox how valuable they are they're special or tell them that you notice their accomplishments in some way or create an encouragement jar and you and your child can use it to drop notes in it of praise to each other so i did want to mention a few words of affirmation it doesn't just have to be verbal it can be just other other ways to do that as well but can we have moms listening today who don't know their kids love language they don't know it so um, what are some ways they can begin to discover, other than praying asking God to show them how their child is uniquely made, but what are some ways they can discover their child's love language? Yeah, I think, um, and maybe we, I don't know if we need to talk about each one of these separately. When I'm thinking about words of affirmation, you can you can see that you might have a kid that has words of affirmation when they say to you, Mom, say things to you that are affirming, like, Mom, you're really good, Mom. Yes. Or you make the best dinners, or, mm-hmm. um, which my kids don't say that very often. <laughs> but that's kind of a little dream I have. Grammy, you cook dinner at 7-Eleven so well. Exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah, Mom, you are God's masterpiece, and mm-hmm. we affirm you. Like, yeah. You don't hear that. But just in the way that they speak to you, yes. with each of these, if you have a child that is always bringing you flowers from outside, mm-hmm. they're always making little things for you, maybe that is a gifts kind of kid. Mm-hmm. If you have a kid that always says, well, I'll help you with that, Mom. You know, like they're always so willing to help, mm-hmm. even whenever you don't ask for it. You know, maybe that's an acts of service kind of kid. You know when you have a physical touch kid because they are literally all over your frame every day. Sure. <laughs> that, you know, like the words of affirmation, one of my sons will always say, hey, what did you think about my game today? <clears throat> and I'll say, oh, I thought you played a great game. And then, like, no joke, 15 minutes later he'll say, so do you think I played a really good game? Yeah. And yeah. I think to myself, we I covered it. I just told you. We co- you played a good you game. You didn't fill his emotional tank. Right. He had to ask again. So <laughs> – 
So I can, I mean, that kind of trips my trigger and I think, okay, that's a kid that like, I need to be sure that I am saying to him, I affirm you and I, you know, I, I honor you and I respect you and I need to do that with my words. Yes. With him. Yes. And for him to have to ask a second time since right. you didn't quite cover it right. the first time. And so you know what? Way. The opposite, just the opposite might be that, you know, it's what your child most frequently complains about. Mm. You know, they come in, they say, you know, I, nobody played with me on the playground. That's good. You know, nobody, nobody wanted to play with me. Their love language may be, you know, uh, touch or it may be just that just that sense of time quality time nobody mm-hmm. wants to spend time with me notice what they complain about because that's, that's, that's a missing true. that's a hole in their life missing you just you can pay attention to that or you can sometimes you know you can give your child a choice between two options like would you like for me to bake you an apple pie which of course would be acts of service or mm-hmm. would you this weekend like to take a walk in the park which would be quality time you can give them a choice yeah. and that kind of gives you an indicator just kind of in, uh, uh, as well. But always you're keeping in mind that you want to feed all love languages yes. into them, you know. So you have any others that you think might work or maybe we've covered most of them. I'd have to stop and think of some more myself. Well, I think, you know, whenever you said think about what they complain about, just kind of made me think as much as we can say to them, I love you through these different love languages, we can really tear them down. Mm -hmm. If we know that we have a child that is acts of service, or let's say, let's say that we know we have a child that's words of affirmation and we don't affirm them verbally, then, then we can hurt them as Mm -hmm. much as, as much as the opposite is true to tell them that we love them. It's true on the flip side to withhold that from them says just the opposite, says you don't love me. Of course you love them. Mm-hmm. But if we don't speak it in a language that they that their hearts receive, then then we're missing something. Yes. So if you have a child that is quality time and you can justify it in your mind by saying, I'm so busy. I'm a single mother. I have I have to work full time. I have to grocery shop. I have to do all this this stuff. Don't they understand I'm busy mm-hmm. to withhold quality time from them is hurting them yes so we just we have to figure it out yeah and i don't think that children children don't think the way that we do surprise Mm -hmm. but children don't think the way that we do like we can rationally if we stop and think about it we can say okay he's telling me that he loves me it just looks different than how i might speak it to him but we train our kids how to do that we train them to say even something as simple as like your brother is quality time jack a way that you can show you know, Colton, that you love him is to play Legos with him for 30 minutes. Sure. Like train them. I love that. Train them how to recognize that in each other. They'll just be better humans. Yes. Whenever they get older. And and honestly, if you read when you read God's word, you see that God. God was all of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, he Jesus touched people. He didn't have to touch them to heal them, but often he touched them mm-hmm. or he affirmed them and if you if you just if you look at scripture you can see that there may be a primary way that you receive love but but the savior of the world demonstrates all of these things. He does. So it's important for us to um, exhibit all those things and to train our kids yes. to to operate in yes. all those languages. And you're right because if we looked we could find how Christ he just didn't do them. He was. Right. He was all of the above. Right. And so I, I love thinking about that as well. You know what in Chapman's book 
he specifically points out single-parent households and how to show extra care in these households sometimes in repairing a child's ability to receive their love language better, understand it better. So, you know, I know uh, part of the things in that book, one of those he talked about was how to repair that is just uh, is just nurturing the child's uh through through the grief process mm-hmm. that that shows love and attention to be able to just nurture them uh, that God is at work in the process yeah and to come alongside in the process is nurtures them to bring that into fulfillment if there's pain in some way or acknowledging their hurt if they're hurt in some way acknowledge it sometimes the worst thing we can do with our kids that we know are hurting for the little ones anyway, is not give them an opportunity to talk about it because we don't want to be hurt. I don't want to hear why they're hurt because it hurts right. me. So we just won't talk about it because I don't need more hurt myself. Right. But but the way we set them free to be able to receive their emotional love language is just allow them to empty themselves and express their hurt. That's good. So, you know, that's important as well. Can you think of anything else? Single-parent households that that show extra care as the child is trying to repair uh, their ability to receive love um you know maybe involving other adults mm, that that's a good one speak to them in their in their love language yes I, grandparents I think, friends yes, mentors yes I, I love that as well you know what i one of my favorite authors is archibald hart he wrote oh, what was it i should have written it down um the divorced single parent i think well, just look it up. Archibald Hart. I love his book. He's a professor of psychology at West Coast Seminary, and he was raised in a single-parent home. Love his book. And he said, Mom, there is nothing you can't do. He says, nothing is unchangeable. If you have no support network, now build it, and you will be amazed at how many will respond. He says, your children can become more resilient, productive, and creative if the circumstances are right. And he goes on to say, you can fuel their love tanks. And I just, I love that. So this is a topic that you can end this podcast and put into practice in the next 30 minutes. Yes, immediately. You know, you can cup a little child's face in your hands and mm-hmm. look him straight in the mm-hmm. eye and say I love you there's physical touch and words mm-hmm. of affirmation yes. you know you can it, you just it makes a difference and I would just challenge everybody listening to just try it yes. one kid one one um, communication in one of their love languages and just see if you don't notice a little spark in their eye yes and you know what I want to close by saying this that um Proverbs says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. That's good. So we do it for others, for them, but the boomerang effect is we refresh ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we do what we can to take care of our emotional well-being, our emotional health, our emotional love tanks, that we can fill it ourselves sometimes by refreshing other people, especially our kids. So that's mindful as well. So anyway, I hope we've sparked some ideas for you in finding new ways to fill up your child's emotional love tank. Uh, this we know, and it's true for all of us, that, that is that when our love tanks are empty, the whole world looks dark. And mm-hmm. I know we've all been there. Maybe you're there today. 
we come alongside you today, Kim and I come alongside you today to, to reach into that emotional tank of yours, whether it's words of affirmation, we love and care for you. Whether it's acts of service, we want to serve you with this podcast today. Whether it is touch, we reach through these this sound and we touch you, physically touch you. Whether it's, whether it's quality time, you're spending time with us, we value that. Whether it's, um, I don't know what I miss, whether gifts. it's gifts, we, we just want to give you the gift of love, whatever your love language is. I want you to open your heart and receive it because it is no accident that you are listening to this podcast. God has appointed it as a time for such a time as this for you to be nurtured, encouraged, and to be lifted up as your in your walk as a mother. So we're blessed to do that. And as always, we want to thank you for listening today. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and other conversations that might impact your life. And while you're at it, can you leave us a comment or maybe send us an email? We love to get those at info at ariseministries.net. We would just love to have that in any other podcast you'd like to listen to. And you can subscribe to Arise Ministries podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Or more importantly, just bless us and help us uh, share what we're doing on your social media channels. So anyway, I hope you'll have, um, you enjoyed being with us today. And whatever your love language is, I pray God would empower you today through his mighty power and spirit to use it. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.